video of a girl that was that's dancing and stuff and then she's like they cut to like the camera in the parking lot where she's fucking exorcist puking all over this really nice car in a pink <laughs> bikini so good got a little belly Love chain it. like at, like it's the best i thought you were gonna say exorcist puking that's on a black actually... dog which is all Whoa. over this black dog mm-hmm Oh, yes. Sorry. Sorry. Wow. I digress. And, and then the dog pukes, and then she pukes, and then the dog pukes, and it's just. And then the dog farts, and then she pukes more. <laughs> and then it disappears. Oh! And then it disappears. And she dies. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to Under the Pendulum. I'm Chris Weber. Here with my co hosts, Heather Weber. Hi, hi. And Caitlin Weber in Los Angeles. And I'm always here when you call. (laughs) 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 So today we return to our creature feature series and we'll be putting the black dog under the pendulum. I'm not musically inclined, but you know what I'm talking about. Those tasty licks. (laughs) I guess that song is actually about a black dog. Really? Is it? it supposedly They're just it's like really high and into petting like a Labrador or something. Or he really wanted to fuck a Labrador. Um, oh, no. No. Oh. no, supposedly it's like influenced by by the myths that we're going to be or legends that we're going to be talking about today. But also um, where they were recording the owner had a black dog that used to run around the studio and oh my god that's so oh. mindless and stupid mm-hmm. i love it <laughs> fucking metal so people who have been getting it's a it's a hot jammer man dude it's people have been getting horny you, to a song it. about a dog for decades now i mean fucking led zeppelin leave have it to them have you guys had the pleasure of watching motley crew perform in the last couple of years no <laughs> Yes. I love that that's what rock and roll has become to me. <laughs> Fighting, gasping for breath. Hey, you There's one video that's just <laughs> so funny. Can you please send it to me? I will post it as well. Yeah, I got to find it, but I will. Thank you. <laughs> Who was the singer of Miley Crew? Oh, I just looked up his picture. God, I Something O'Neill, Chris O'Neill. No, Vince, Vince Neil. Neil. God damn it! <laughs> I've seen him. He like will do um for a, a nominal fee. We'll give you a birthday greeting and record it and send it to you on Instagram for a nominal. Fee. Oh well. It's just but like he's cameo, like very right? drunk outside, like a hotel. Really, like, mm, you know, talking about my brother. Happy birthday! <laughs> shout out rock and roll. Ah, shout out the devil. <laughs> <laughs> he's got pickles on his like fucking tits. It's like there. it's it's like watching a squeeze box, like a really old one, like try to get out its tune, but it's just you know struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Life is a it's a struggle for an aging rock star, you know? Exactly. Especially from the 80s. God, God help, help you. you. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> enough about aging rock stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So at its core, the black dog is an entity that is in the form of what else but a large black dog and is most commonly described as having shaggy fur, glowing red eyes, and in many descriptions, it either shoots fire or sparks from its mouth and is sometimes dragging heavy chains behind it. Oh my god, and it's totally stacked. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. I like the chains. It's so festive. No, it's actually, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, just a really kind of creepy... You Very know, which, scary. Which actually we'll, we'll get into. It's that I guess kind of an idea of like a leash. Yes, because have you seen the old oh. dog collars that were meant for fighting dogs in like the turn of the century where it's fucking cast iron spikes just, and like just a fucking industrial oh. chain. Like. It looks like a medieval torture device and then you find out it's a dog collar. It's crazy. Oh. Oh, those poor babies. <laughs> those good dogs, those good boys don't deserve that, you know? Those good boys don't deserve it. No. Mm-hmm. So these stories proliferate mostly in Brit- in the British Isles, but we do find variations in other regions. They are usually described as nocturnal malevolent spirits, bringing bad luck, bad omens, or curses. And they can also cause mischief, fear, and even death. But on the other hand, some tales maintain that they are protective spirits, guarding travelers or protecting the dead in cemeteries. And they love a good belly rub. And they love a good belly rub. (laughs) So throughout history, dogs have often been associated in one way or another with guarding the thresholds of the underworld or the other world. This immediately brings to mind the Greek myth of Cerberus, the three-headed dog that guards the entrance to the underworld. And as we'll get into later, there are other beliefs that dogs help guide the dead to the other world or drag them to hell. Oh, because they're all such good boys. <laughs> You're going to burn in the lake of fire. <laughs> That's right. I'll take you there. <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs. I'm so happy we're even talking about hellish hounds of... I feel like if I if I get a black dog now, I'm going to have to name it Vince Neil. Oh. No, no. <laughs> That's I hope funny. you do. <laughs> Just I a big, it. fat... Fat black dog. It's just like, <sighs> <laughs> and it's gonna like love to be able to melt down chocolate for some reason and some anomaly, and it gets really fat. And chug beers by the oh, case. Yeah, <laughs> be crazy. So in other stories, they are in fact the devil himself wreaking havoc Woo! on us mortals. So we see this not only in European and Latin American versions of the black dog, but it's also mentioned in the hadiths of Islam, where Muhammad states that the black dog is a devil. Whoa. Mm-hmm. But as we get into more modern times, we'll see the mixing of beliefs and cultural takes that almost all legends go through when they're put through the blender of global interconnectedness. So, as always, we'll look at the similarities and the differences of the black dog, and tell some stories from these different cultures and regions. Oh my god, I just love talking about any dogs in any capacity. Like, big fan of their work. All dogs. I mean, oh my the just, the warehouse that I work at has three or four dogs at any time just running around the the warehouse, and uh, they are such good boys. Oh, good boys and girls. Damn, oh, I know. <laughs> Wish I had they, a they, dog here right now. They really help break up the monotony of. Of the you, day, know, you know, even if it was a black dog that was going to drag me to hell right now, I'd love some good pets. Uh. Oh. 
<laughs> it's okay, buddy. It's just so cute. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell my show will fall. You could drag me to hell every day. I just <laughs> you can. As long as I can boop that little nose of yours. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Heather, do you want to start us off or... Yeah, we're going to start in merry old England. Yay! I love <laughs> So Britain has its fair share of black dog specters. And in these tales, the black dog mostly appears when tragedy or death is imminent. They can also be a helpful presence, such as the girt dog in Somerset, who would look after the children as they played unsupervised and would also help guide lost and weary travelers. However, this version of the dog is much more rare. <laughs> girt dog, huh? The black dogs tend to hang around crossroads, prisons, and execution sites, although they are not limited to just these locations. Because there are so many black dogs throughout England, I'm going to narrow it down to just a couple, highlighting a black dog specter that appears in many areas around the country, and one that resides in one forsaken location. Ooh. Yeah, I did look at that list. It's fucking crazy how many it's crazy um, different long. stories there are. Yeah. There's so many. I just couldn't. I couldn't do even like a half of them. So I just was like, I'll just choose two that, that strike my interest. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll start with the Barguest. The Barguest is found in tales from Yorkshire and Northeast England. In William Henderson's 1879 book, notes on the folklore of the northern counties of England and the borders, the Barguest is said to haunt Darlington in the north of England. He describes this creature from a friend's account. A friend informs me that Glassensykes, near Darlington, is haunted by our bar guest, which assumes at the will the form of a headless man, who disappears mm. in flame, a uh-huh. headless lady, a yes. white cat, rabbit, or dog, or a black dog. Now Henderson goes on to explain the strange activity of this bar guest. On the death of any person of local importance in the neighborhood, the creature would come forth a large black dog with the flaming eyes as big as saucers, followed by all the dogs of the place howling and barking. If anyone came in its way, the barguest would strike out with its paw and inflict on man or beast a wound which would never heal. My informant, a Yorkshire gentleman, lately deceased, said he perfectly remembered the terror he experienced when a child at beholding this procession before the death of a certain Squire Wade of Newgrange. Eyes as big as saucers. I'm, I'm going to be talking about like ones saucers. from Latin America, but they said eyes like tortillas. Yeah. No, they didn't. You're making <laughs> that nice. Up. No, I'm not. It was it was in my source, so it, I, I didn't. <laughs> my God. <laughs> so that I shall put biscuits on that good boy's nose. <laughs> so I started flipping beans into it. That's and... amazing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If this account is true, it is indeed a terrifying scene to imagine. Because the Barguest exists in more than one region, certain attributes of the specter vary slightly from place to place. For instance, it is said that if the Barguest lies across your doorway, or if you hear its howl in the night, depending on where you live, this is an omen that you will soon die. Uh In other regions, the Barguest's presence is accompanied by the sound of rattling chains, as we mentioned before. In some accounts, the Barguest cannot cross a body of water, much like other supernatural creatures such as the vampire or Washington Irving's fictional headless horseman. Yeah, it's you know that's funny that um, water is actually going to play a, a big role in in one that I'm going to be telling. Although it's on the on the flip side, 
Yeah, it's right. some sort of like uh, some reside in water or around water, which huh. it's well, it's it gets that idea of um, like this liminal space between like realities, you know, and, and in in a lot of legends and myths and stuff, water it acts as that sure. entrance, you know, into a different realm, right? Um, you know, where where or, or or like almost. the uh, yeah the other world that's that's like a variation yeah. of our reality, but where all supernatural beings reside. It's one of my favorite places in the world to be is to be like swimming underwater with goggles and stuff, and like going in and out of the water. I love it mm-hmm. and chasing fish and shit. God, that's so much fun. <laughs> Terrorizing <laughs> fish. Yeah, I do. It is fun going with the seaweed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like looking at the underwater rock formations. Yes, That's and it's fun. so incredibly peaceful down there. I love it. Nice I could just feeling. die. I could just die down <laughs> there. <laughs> no, you could Easily. just die down there. Yeah, you, so uh, wait, yeah, bar guest really is could. the type of of entity. Yeah, the, the bar guest is is the name of the black dog in that particular region. No, I'll have region. to name a dog that. That's pretty cool. It's actually a pretty good name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They have some really neat names. You might want to look at like the whole list of of the different names of black dogs. There's like one pair called Trash and Scriker, which I thought was really oh. hilarious. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, those are uh, God, those are It sounds great like names. A, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Or like duo. a morning zoo crew <laughs> fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's trash and striker in the morning. That's funny. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I saw Elijah Wood yesterday. I sent Heather a picture of him. Saw Elijah Wood. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you meet him? I like I did one of those things where I was pretending to text and then I did this really quick and then like <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't meet him. I don't want to bug him, but his eyes are ginormous and blue. Biggest saucers, they yes. say. He has very blue they, eyes. They were crazy. He was just <laughs> looking around and I was like, guys, look at those things. <laughs> and like we saw his little tattoos poking out and we looked it oh. up on the internet and I was like, oh, wood. And like for some fucking reason. The music was popping the whole time until we were standing right behind him whispering that it like shut off for some reason. <laughs> Celine. That's funny. I'm oh, sure he's yeah, used no. to it. <laughs> he's been famous since yes, he was like exactly. five. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if he's got a black dog. <laughs> Do you guys think Maybe. Frodo and Sam had sex? And they like cuts off. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Record scratch. <laughs> All right. So the next dog I'm going to talk about is the Black Dog of Newgate Prison. Hell yeah. You know, I run this fucking prison. <laughs> they call me Black Dog. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Perhaps one of the most famous, infamous black dogs of England comes from one of the most infamous prisons. Newgate Prison was opened in 1188 and remained in Ooh. use until 1902. Holy Over shit. 700 years. That's where you got ghosts that just grab so, you by the face and scream at you. Because it's like their <laughs> right. existence was so horrendous. And take big old black dog shits on the floor. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that it was. Uh, and I really think we should revisit this one at Ooh. some point because this place Absolutely. is a rich Whoa. history. 
That's yeah, I've never heard of it. That's yeah, I haven't either. Um, but I am going to give a little bit of an overview of its conditions, just because the the legend and the conditions of the place kind of go hand in hand. Oh, I see. So the prison was many times over expanded, destroyed, and rebuilt, either to segregate or accommodate more prisoners, to repair damages. It was notably destroyed in the Great London Fire of 1666, then again destroyed in 1780 Gordon Riots, and to overall improve the flow and function of the prison's inner workings. The London gallows were moved to Newgate in 1783, and these public executions always drew large crowds until these were discontinued in the 1860s. Now, life at Newgate, much like many institutions for criminals or the mentally ill in London during the time, was horrific. Depending on the nature of the crime committed, the prisoners were taken to designated dungeons. The conditions of these dungeons were awful. Oh no, really? Where are the curtains and couches? Uh... (laughs) Where's my toilet? So the prisoners sentenced to death would be sent to a dungeon that was nothing more than a, a sewer fitted with chains and, and shackles. These dungeons were ill-lit, extremely dirty, and lice and bedbugs infested the place to the point where they could be heard crunching underfoot. Oh, oh God, dude, bedbugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> I'd rather be slipping on turds and crunching bugs. I don't know. That's a tough one. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> At least if you slip on a turd, there's a funny, uh, funny like whoop. Yeah, yes. somehow happens every time you slip. <laughs> every time, I I don't know how it happens. Yep. It I torments me so. <laughs> and where's that laugh track? That laugh track is just coming from nowhere. Make it stop. So the prison guards were cruel, beating and extorting prisoners, often leaving them to starve to death in their shackles. There was even a drinking cellar at Newgate where prisoners could purchase alcohol if they could afford it. And these prisoners would get drunk and they would stay that way. Oh, they just spent all their money until they were like drank themselves to death. Pretty much. If I was in that place. Because, you know, you care a lot less about those conditions when you're fucking just. I'd be like, yeah. Deathly drunk. (laughs) All right. Yeah, hold on. You got the harder stuff. I mean, I'm talking. I pull out sleeping pills, whatever you got. <laughs> hey, here, here, crunch, crunch, crunch. It's like a Tom Waits song. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Uh, oh, God. It just so happen. So now we come to the legend of the black dog. During the reign of Henry III, from 1216 to 1272, there was a severe famine, and it is rumored that the Newgate prisoners resorted to cannibalism to stay alive. One of these poor victims was a scholar of the supernatural. Oh, shit. oh a big fucking nerd. What a way what a way to die if you're into that stuff. Then you're like gonna be a vengeful spirit for sure. Yeah. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows that. Mm-hmm. So this account was written in 1596 by Luke Hutton, a supposed Newgate prisoner, in the discovery of a London monster called the Black Dog of Newgate. Profitable for all readers to take heed by. (laughs) And I quote. This is in Old English, so I might stumble around on this a little bit. So forgive me. Not old, old English, but like kind of a transition period in between. 
So, in the reign of King Henry III, there happened such a famine through England, but especially in London, that many starved for want of food, which means the prisoners in Newgate ate up one another, all true. But commonly those that came newly in, and such as could make but small resistance, among many others cast into this den of misery, there was a certain scholar brought thither, upon suspicion of conjuring, and that he had by charms and devilish witchcrafts had done much hurt to the king's subjects. Which scholar, maugre his devil furies, spirits, and goblins, was by the famished prisoners eaten up, and deemed passing good meat. This being done, such an idle conceit possessed the minds of the poor prisoners, that they supposed, nightly to see the scholar in the shape of a black dog walking up and down the prison, ready with his ravening jaws to tear out mm. their bowels, mm. for his late human flesh they had so hungrily eaten, and withal they hourly heard, as they thought, strange groans and cries, as if it had been some creature in great pain and torments. Whereupon such a nightly fear grew amongst them, that it turned into a frenzy, and from a frenzy to desperation, in which desperation they killed the keeper, and so many of them escaped forth. But yet whithersoever they came or went, they imagined the black dog to follow, and by this means, as I do think, the name of him began. Well, that's a crazy bachelor so, party. Throw that garble. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the prisoners who committed this awful deed began to see the ghost of a monstrous black dog pacing the halls of the prison. And the prisoners believed that the dark spirits did not take kindly to the sorcerer's brutal fate, and so sent the specter to haunt the walls of Newgate forever. In desperation, the prisoners escaped, keeping, killing the keeper and guards. However, it seems they were followed around by the dog for the rest of their lives. Oh, whoa. So in this publication, written as a conversation between the author and a patron at a pub, the gentleman then explains that this black dog is likely legend. Hutton recounts the man's explanation. Not so, quoth Signor Thingut. I think it rather an idle fiction than a probable truth. I know, it's so funny. Oh, look at that tiny gut. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> so not so, quoth Sign Signior, or would it be Sir Thingut? I'm not really sure how you would say that. Signor? Like, not so, quoth Sir Thingut. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to call him Sir Thingut. Ooh, we'll, yeah. man. Sounds more British. Sweet-ass rap name. Sir Thingut. <laughs> Rocket <Rockin'> Mac. <laughs> mm. Not so, quoth Sin Sir Thingut. I think it rather an idle fiction than a probable truth. But this I must tell you, sir, said he, I know it for a truth, that there is no other black dog that I ever saw or heard of but a great black stone standing in the dungeon called Limbo, the place where the condemned prisoners be put after their judgment, upon which they set a burning candle in the night, against which I have heard that a desperate condemned prisoner dashed out his brains, and that is all the black dogs that I know of or heard of. That's some scary, satanic, dark shit. Like, that's the place you go when you're invoking, like, true evil. Like, the realm of where somebody, like, bashed their own brains out in prison during that time. And there's, like, they believe that there's demons all around. Like, oh. 
oh, there's a great black stone in a dungeon, and and there's a good boy on a called on a, Limbo. Yeah, in front of a <laughs> fireplace. Oh, it's the devil. I just thought of the dog. Okay, <laughs> I thought of him in a lot of scenarios, like torturing them about the cannibalism where he's like walking around like a cigarette girl but like it's arms and feet and it's just you know pacing the hallway and people like want human flesh or he's like haunting them later with like a doggy bag with like a finger in it or something i don't know going all cronenberg with the shit (laughs) (laughs) and so according to this last uh quote This ghost was fabricated as a cautionary tale to those who may commit crimes and land themselves in Newgate. However, this might not be the entire story. Throughout the centuries, there have been many black dog sightings in and around the grounds of Newgate, mostly on the evenings of executions. There was an alleyway named Dead Man's Walk, and its name is quite literal, as this is the path condemned prisoners would walk to their execution. When the prison was demolished in 1904, this alleyway went with it. However, where it once was is now Amen Court at St. Paul's Cathedral. This is where the Newgate dog wanders, and it is said you can hear it as as it drags its feet, as the ill-fated prisoners Mm -hmm. would have, giving off a powerful stench as its dark form wanders shapelessly through the streets. Oh, And that was the Newgate black dog. Dog farts are the worst. <laughs> That's really scary. It's funny that they had to make like a story of a supernatural dog to make the prison sound even worse than it already did. Like you think yeah. the yeah. stories of the prison would be enough, but <laughs> I guess that's like a something about the <laughs> society at the time. I don't know. My my yeah, question is, sure. is like, why don't people draw more from historical? like creatures and spirits like this to make better horror movies because like this is some fucking mm, primo juicy scary shit can't does not get any scarier than this well they try and and they fail miserably because yeah because jump scares really i fucking jump scares just make me want to punch my television now not because i'm scared but because i'm annoyed you know yeah, I think too. something with like with dogs, you know, like with if you try to do something with the black dog and, you know, say you had a scene where you were, you know, the, a prisoner was in the cell and then you heard the slow dragging and then you see like this black dog like creeping by and stuff. I, I feel like that could look really cheesy really quick. Easily. There's so much that looks so yeah. cheesy so quickly. And yeah. I guess especially I the use see of how CGI. it would be really scary too, though. It could be, but I I feel like the widespread use of CGI in horror right now would make it look really, really cheesy. I bet if you got people who are Probably. very passionate about puppeteering and prosthetics and got a performer up in that shit. Dude, practical effects, man. Real scary. That's, yeah, yeah, I I, I That's bet, why yeah. I watched Terminator 2 the other day. I wanted to see those practical effects dog i wanted to see those mercury <laughs> clams all up over him have you seen psycho gorman no. oh you should watch that i think it's got some great practical effects it oh, just cool. came out uh, a couple months ago oh, yeah. and it's like a love letter to to 80s gore and monster S- movies psycho gorman is psycho it on gorman, yeah yeah i think so I that shit. yeah yeah okay Nice, yeah, I'll have to check it out. That's good. And you should check it out, check it out too. <laughs> P.S. No, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll, we'll move on to Central America. I'm kind of doing mine all at once because with Central America, with the Black Dog, all the stories kind of like interweave and all the areas like intersect a lot. So it's kind of hard to like mm-hmm. have like, OK, there's a specific story here, a specific story there. It's it, it, I don't know. There's this weird seamlessness with them all. So I guess I'm just going to kind of go through mine at once. That's cool. Shake it up a little bit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure they're so glad just to hear my voice for ten minutes straight. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh <laughs> crickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh I rolled my eyes really hard and hurt my head. Uh so this is the <laughs> so this is the uh El Cadejo. And I really, really tried with these pronunciations. I know they're gonna be bad. But I did try. Just want to throw that out we there. We appreciate it. And I don't mm-hmm. know the difference. So cheers, Chris. I'm sure, you know, our, our Spanish speaking, <laughs> you know, listeners will. Uh, they'll be like, Jesus Christ, dude. Ugh. I was just hanging out with my friend who's Chicano. <laughs> and I was like, what was our producer's name? And then I said, did Jesus? And she's like, you mean to Jesus? And I was like, yeah. She's like, like, just disregard the whitest thing I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like I just looked up at her and I'm like I'm so sorry that was really bad <laughs> when I was working at a sub shop when I was a teenager I like legit had this guy roll in and ask for a sandwich with jalapenos and I tried to correct him and I was like oh you mean jalapenos and he's like gets very indignant he's like yeah jalapenos like fucking just dead serious <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't no. You know what else is like nails in the chalkboard is uh, Italian. Italian. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Fucking our Bologna. Bologna is just <laughs> fun to say, though. That's mm. funny, but damn. Yeah, it is fun. <laughs> so uh, I'll start with stories about uh, El Cadejo. So according to Guatemalan folk- folklorist, okay, <sighs> here we go. Kelso e Lara Figueroa. Eh? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. All right, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. Nice. I don't know. I'm, it's like you're an <laughs> expert on experts. <laughs> so the Cadejo is an animal in the form of a black dog, shaggy, with goat's hooves and fiery eyes. Oh, that so sounds... cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. D- d- um, I'm sure you came across a couple of Heather where it had goat's hooves. You know, if I did, I didn't uh, notice. It, you know, it was probably no. in one of the like many black dog legends. Yeah, I'm a little sure. bit of a clippings, you know, just a little <laughs> bit of peanut butter on your head, and then you clip it. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so it is seen as a protective spirit to some, watching over the defenseless and those who are drunk. Some accounts, however, maintain that it is a malevolent entity that follows and attacks people that are drunk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that are drunk. Actually, that that there's that is like Terrorizes a big theme. The drunk. Yeah. Oh, 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 shit. Oh, a doggy would hang out with you in the alley. He pukes. The dog pukes. He pukes. Doggy just like with his little hoof and hand goes tap, 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 like on your back while you're throwing up. Man. The dog eats the puke. Exactly. And then you puke. There's There's valuable nachos in there in a new form. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so one school inspector by the name of Rolando Marroquin related an experience he had back in 1967. So back when he was a student, quote, 
He and his friends were making their way home, one by one going their different ways. They were passing the paddock of Corona, near the Isabel la Catalica Park, when an enormous fiery-eyed dog with goat's hooves instead of paws appeared, and then began to follow them. The boys speeded up their pace, but the black dog continued hard on their heels, until only his grandfather and one friend remained. When they got to his last remaining friend's house, they were both exhausted and entered together. The dog tried to force its way under the door until his friend's mother went out and made the sign of the cross with a crucifix, at which the black dog disappeared. I can just imagine those little doggy hooves click clacking at the bottom of the door. <laughs> you know, I'd love to see him resist a crucifix made out of jerky. <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking of, you know, like the the fake um, like animal legs that they'll have in comedy shows where it's like, you know, fake paws or fake uh-huh. hooves. It's just like yeah. two sticks. <laughs> I'm just imagining those like under the door. just Stuff taped on a stick. <laughs> I like I can't stop thinking about how adorable dogs are and I I know that they can be scary and I'm really trying to be scared yeah he just so cute I mean yeah I mean this is one of the cutest ones that we've done so far and shaggy yeah they use yeah they use those adjectives like shaggy and stuff and you're just like oh it's a big old shaggy boy So, uh, you know, this story obviously has strong Christian connotations as the evil dog is spurred away by the sign of the cross. Yep. And now we're going to get a little dark. So we see this Christian influence from Spanish invaders that not only brought their religious beliefs and superstitions, but death and desolation as well. The conquistadors also brought war dogs with them to the New World. They used large Spanish mastiffs against the native people to terrifying effect. So here is a quote from Burchell. Um, Burchell is the author of the source that I use, Phantom Black Dogs in Latin America, and his name's Simon Burchell. So, quote, The Spaniards hunted the natives with dogs for sport and often set them upon their prisoners. Bartolome de las Casas describes many incidents when defenseless men, women, and children were thrown to the dogs to be eaten alive for the entertainment of their conquerors. And this is what Bartolome wrote about what he saw. The Spanish and the Indies have trained savage and ferocious dogs to kill and tear apart the Indians. To maintain the aforementioned dogs, they bring many Indians to chains, or many Indians in chains where they travel as if they were herds of pigs, and they kill them and butcher them in public. And they say to one another, Lend me a quarter of one of those slaves to feed my dogs until I can kill another, as if they were lending quarters of pork or lamb. God that's damn. Awful. So these... Her- yeah, yeah, that's not, like top ten worst things I've ever heard. Yeah, it's pretty fucking not awful. Not good yeah. boys. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's um, not their fault, though. I know. I know. Just like Still pigs that do it or any animal that does it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're, you know, not feeding them well. Pro- you know, like probably like starving not, fe- yeah, starving them to make them more aggressive. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it breaks my heart. I mean, I know that this is, we're talking about hellish demons, but like, yeah, dogs being mistreated and made into something awful like that. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. So, you know, these horrific acts by the Spanish using their war dogs was not only traumatizing to the native population, but also must have cemented their beliefs in the interconnectedness between dogs and death. The Maya believed yeah, yeah. Definitely. The Maya believed that one needed to grasp the dog of a t- or the <laughs> the dog of a tail. <laughs> the dog of a tail. <laughs> the Maya believed that one needed to grasp <laughs> the tail of a dog upon death, so the dog could help them swim across the river of the dead into the afterlife. Oh my gosh! If they mistreated a dog in life, they could not be ferried across. Um, so, of course, with the introduction of Christian beliefs of the devil, we see the figure of this of this kind of dog where it's it's a, uh, you know, like a conduit to the next world. Um, then it changes into a malevolent spirit with, you know, or sometimes even the devil himself. So like in English lore, the black dog is sometimes thought to be an incarnation of the devil himself. I'll make a deal with you, little body. (laughs) (laughs) Going to burn in the eternal fires. I got this treat, though. What kind of deal we actually making here? (laughs) (laughs) Bacon bits, man. Yeah. Bacon bits. I can just give you pets and give you treats so you can try and get enough salt. (laughs) (laughs) So one story from Guatemala was related where a man walked to his girlfriend's house at night on a dangerous road known for murders and robberies. A giant black dog was said to walk with him, deterring anyone from attacking the young man. When he arrived at his destination, the dog would leave him. The young man died unexpectedly, and a family friend only commented that the devil surely took him. In this case, the black dog looked after the man until his death to ensure that he, the devil, could take his soul. So, and this is kind of similar to another tale where the black dog would find a drunk, lick their mouth, (laughs) and then follow them for nine days, whereupon the victim died of alcoholism. Whoa, that's scary. Wow. That's an odd one. Nothing like the hair of the dog that'll never go Jesus. away. It's always in your mouth. The fucking French kiss of a dog. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> the dog pukes and the guy pukes. Ew. Oh, no. Puppies. <laughs> So in Latin America, the the black dog isn't just an incarnation of the devil. Uh, they are sometimes psychic entities with malevolent intentions. And this is really a really interesting one. So this is another one from Guatemala. Oh, God. I like these names. I'm always just like, I don't want to fuck it up so bad. You're doing great. Rafael Paradis, a 45-year-old farmer, said that the following events had happened to his colleague when he was a boy, probably placing it in the 1950s or earlier. The lad had been playing with some friends in an area above the fields of a plantation, and it was already dark when he went home. On his way, he had to cross a bridge over an irrigation ditch. In the middle of the bridge, he saw two great burning lights like the eyes of an animal. He realized it was the Cadejo looking at him and decided to throw some stones. The Cadejo attacked him, so he used his hat to cover his face, gaining enough time to cross the bridge. He ran home with a cadejo in pursuit. Afterwards, the black dog used to appear under the boy's bed after dark, watching him. Raphael finished by saying that the cadejo is an evil spirit that reads a person's thoughts in order to overcome him. 
God, I try oh so my. hard to pet it, though. <laughs> I'm like, I know you're trying to torment me. and I know you're know. psychically controlling me to give you pets, but I, I still kind of want to give you pets. <laughs> no, but I, I submit, thought that was a really interesting um, you know, uh, take on it. It's, it's sort of that, like, that psychic invasion from the spirit. You know, it's... Yeah. it's I, I don't know. It was, it was like that was the only one like it that I came across. Yeah, it's kind of like in, yeah, it. It reminds me a little cool. bit of um, what is that movie? The Neverending Story. How that puppet, the wolf guy, is always speaking to the kid in his mind. Oh yeah, because sure. yeah, oh. I wonder if that has any kind of. Interesting. Draw I mean, there, from there, that or anything. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of allusions to like all kinds of magical supernatural things you know so hmm that's very interesting interesting god that theme song fucking <laughs> bangs one slaps yeah one slips mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. turn around <laughs> <laughs> so fucking so much whimsy man it's from machine and a half it's hard to take I'm convinced that that any kind of whimsical fan fantasy land has lots of synth and drum machines. Oh yeah, obviously. Yes. Naturally. <laughs> so another feature of the black dog is their ability to grow in size, sometimes getting as large as a house. And they are also said to be Ooh. immune from man-made weapons like guns. So on July 8th, 2006, the Spanish-language Dallas and Fort Worth newspaper published an article by Margarita Hernandez, recalling her father's encounter with a black dog when he was young. The encounter occurred in 1949 in the small village of Abiadano. Her father was walking across the flatlands late at night after spending several hours at his godson's vigil in a neighboring village. He had passed through the center of the village without problems, walking on automatic pilot along a well-known path. Seeing that a vehicle was approaching and fearing that it might contain soldiers who would confiscate his pistol, he leapt over to the fence beside the road and waited for it to pass. When it had done so, he returned to the road. Suddenly, he noticed that a small black dog had appeared in front of him. The dog followed him obstinately, only stopping to stare at him impassively when he tried to chase it off. He did not recognize it and looked around for the owner. When he returned his attention to the dog, he saw that it was growing in size. Frightened, he drew his thirty-eight revolver and faced the dog, which stared back at him. He aimed and fired, but the bullet left the gun as if in slow motion and fell intact at his feet. Stunned, he looked at the dog to see that it had grown uh, in size to that of a small horse. Completely terrified, he fired again with the same result and instinctively cried out, Hail Mary, most pure! At which the black dog disappeared instantly. He began to run as fast as he could, and when he was running past the church, all the dogs of Abiadano began to howl. He began to run faster. As soon as he got home, he fainted. Oh. So Burchell oh, makes fine. a case. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a crazy one, yeah. It's a fun night out. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Burchell, he kind of makes the case that uh, when Margarita's father leapt over the fence, he unknowingly leapt into another reality, a border that separates the real world from the world of the unknown. That threshold Mm -hmm. of reality. (laughs) Yeah, it was was kind of a cool one. 
So, you know, but yeah, it also it an- another cool thing about this story is it illustrates that, you know, the devices of men, they do no good in the in the realm that you cross into. And so, you know, he's faced with a being that defied the conventions of our world. Oh, yeah. Mm. Right. So fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so in some places in Latin America, there are two kinds of cadejos, the black and the white. To some, the white Cadejo is feminine and has the qualities of being a protector and a entity of good. The Aww. black, however, is male, malevolent and evil. Uh-oh. Uh, so we find the legends of white Cadejos in Guatemala, El Salvador, and uh, Nicaragua. And some believe that the white dog is the form taken by a deceased family member watching over their loved ones and protecting them from harm. That's sweet. Aww. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. I come back as a white puppers <laughs> and protect my families. Oh, do 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 do. <laughs> I have to go to the groomers though. Gotta give me brushes. <laughs> None of that cheap shit. None food. of that cheap shit food. I'm here to protect and get pets. <laughs> I didn't reincarnate myself into a white dog just to get shitty shampoo. Exactly. <laughs> shitty bangs. So, in Colombia and parts of Argentina, the black dog is an entirely fearsome creature, Um, instead of having that duality of good and bad. As seems to be universal, um, it's described as having fiery eyes, but this black dog is said to vomit fire. (laughs) I mean, I saw a dog vomit once. It was uh, Julie's dog, Hogs, and it came out like soft serve. And like it was just like, oh, I might as well like should have been on a cone, man. That's what I always think of. Just regular vomit, not not fire vomit, right? Yeah, I watched in terror. <laughs> so, like the British legends. <laughs> uh, it also is adorned with dragging chains, and its howl is unearthly. It is also said to reek of sulfur, lending to the idea that it is the devil incarnate. And it's said that one can ward off this evil entity by making the sign of the cross in the air with a knife. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I do it. Get rid of him. Sorry, I'm in doggy mode now. Oh, no, it's it's good boys episode. So many good boys. (laughs) So in Colombia and northern Ecuador, the black dog is tied to large bodies of water, believed to be gateways to the other world or the afterlife. Laguna de la Coca is the largest lake in southern Colombia and is believed to be enchanted. The Kiasinga, God, I hope I said that right, were the native people of the region before missionaries and farmers colonized the area. La Cocha yeah. is said to be haunted by several strange entities, one of which is the Carbonco, a black dog that has a diamond in his forehead and is tied to the waters and earth, making it like it's it's interesting because it makes it sort of like an elemental type of black dog. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. some Zelda shit. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. So much like dragons of medieval myths, they protect deposits of gold and minerals and are also said to protect the forest from human destruction, fires, and deforestation. So they get real, you know, fern gully with it. Yeah, totally. That's that's <laughs> all fantasy for me in my head now. 
Sparkle, sparkle. Yeah. <laughs> Good boy, sparkle. <laughs> Good boy, sparkle. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so in Mall, a central region in Chile, there are tales of a black dog that has burning eyes and is adorned with a gold chain around its neck. <laughs> like a fucking Guido. That's right. That's right. <laughs> It's fucking around. You're wrong. Whoa, whoa, wait. Whoa, you, you think we'll cross this bridge, eh? No. <laughs> Get, Get out, out of here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In one tale. <laughs> or it's a, or yeah, it's a 1920s gangster, yeah. Yeah, where my dog's at. See? <laughs> dollar, dollar, belly, y'all. <laughs> So in one tale, the black dog appeared to a married couple a married couple every night in their bedroom. Every night, the black dog coaxed the husband outside. The husband oh. never followed the black dog as he believed that the dog had come as a sign that there will that there had been or will be a funeral. The man also believed that if he had followed the dog, he would also die within the year. Wow. Mm-hmm. So one thing that's interesting about the black dog legends is their ability to shapeshift. I think you had mentioned Heather, uh, one that could change into like several different kinds of animals and in like different colors too. Yeah, the the burghest. So sometimes they can take the form of like fog or a cloud, like some sort of like misty form. And like Dracula. Wow. Kind of like, like Dracula. My, like my they baby. Do it all. Oh, my baby boo can turn into a dog and fog and mist. Hmm. <laughs> and a bat and a rat and a baseball bat <laughs> and a wiffle bat <laughs> so Sin first is in, is in. <laughs> so for instance in uh, Los Huertas in San Luis a hunter encountered a Rhea encountered a Rhea on the side of the road. Uh, a Rhea is like a flightless bird. It's it's kind of like an ostrich, but it's just smaller. Mm, nicer so. than emus, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Rhea's might be dicks, too, actually. Yeah, those, I guess those all oh, are they? be. Anyway. Yeah. They're flightless. Yeah, they They're gotta angry. protect yeah. themselves because they cannot get away. They just look to the sky and see other birds flying. They just seething with anger. Murderous rage. Yeah. I got these wings. What, what for? <laughs> <laughs> You're a cruel god. Like, flap, 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 flap. <laughs> so the hunter saw the Rhea on the side of the road, and then he looked away to retrieve something from his saddlebag. When he looked up again, the Rhea had turned into a black dog, who then transformed into a black mass that raced under his horse and then disappeared behind a nearby tree. Crazy. Yeah. Creeping under doorways, getting in your blankets, turning into a man. Yeah. <laughs> With a gold chain. Are you sleeping? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, you sleeping? <laughs> so I'm going to move on to a, another kind that we find in Latin America. This is the uh, lobison. God, I hope I'm saying this shit right. Another form of the black dog that is found in Brazil, Paraguay, and Argentina is the lobison. As Rafael Sanchez describes in his book on black door lore, 
black door lore, black dog lore in South America. We'll say that five, t- five times fast. Jeez. Oh yeah. The uh, the Lobisan <laughs> has a connection to werewolf lore. So one legend says that Ooh. a Lobisan is the youngest sibling of seven brothers born consecutively, especially if all the sons are born out of wedlock. Somebody's just listening to this starting to sweat because they're like all those things. (laughs) (laughs) It's so specific. I know. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. Like some of these, um, I'm thinking back to the succubus episode. Um, I think, I think it was the one that you told Heather, but it was a way to, ward off the succubus was to find a dog with a missing digit like a birth defect missing digit oh yeah and yeah. like you get the something the like paw. that yeah yeah with but it's one like, eye it's, or something like that yeah it's like something so outrageously specific <laughs> wow. and like rare i don't know very rare i would imagine I you know like, dog. it was yeah, it was like a white dog with one eye oh or something gosh. like that. Or, oh, and and six toes instead that's of five. Some, that's right. It was six I toes. I think it was yeah. some extra that's toes. That's some witch shit. That's like <laughs> eye of newt stuff. Oh my god. But it's like if you're being terrorized, eye, if you're toes. being terrorized by a like a succubus, or in this case, like you, you know, it's just like where the fuck do I get that? Like you know, it's just you have no. Hope. I gotta make one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> gluing gluing beans Glue onto your on. dog's paws and... <laughs> <laughs> little beans, little beans. <laughs> do, do, do. the lobison can also transform into other animals um, like other certain kinds of black dogs its most common form is familiar a large black dog with fiery eyes shaggy fur Oversized ears and Man, paws like hooves. You could say like death stare razor toes, but when you say shaggy hair, I just like default to cute and I love it. I know. The oversized <laughs> ears is like drooping, you know. Oh my gosh, do your ears hang <laughs> <laughs> Talking yeah. to our audience yeah. like they're a bunch of just bunch of good good pups. Good pups. <laughs> oh, somebody listening to Under the Pendulum podcast. Oh, my God. I hope, I hope uh, someone's got this on speaker and their dog tail starts to wag a bunch. Oh. No. That little tiny <laughs> extended spine that they don't want anybody to know about starts That's waggling. Right. And their Aww. farts are screams. <laughs> so um, the Lobison is most comfortable in unclean places like animal pens as well as cemeteries. Other dogs bark and whimper in their presence. And the Lobison appears on Tuesday and Friday evenings for some reason. Down at the KFC, another unclean place. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday and Friday is Lobison night. Old Country Buffet. Old Country Buffet. <laughs> Hot out there, huh? See the game last night? <laughs> I think hot fudge Sundays. All right. <laughs> so when the Lobison uh, appears on Tuesday and Fridays, um, it appears to feast on carrion, excrement, and unbaptized children. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh... All could be found at the KSC. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> In a bucket with gravy on it. <laughs> yeah, you got some of that unbaptized baby gravy. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know it. <laughs> so in some parts of Argentina, the lobison is said to be a headless black dog that appears in front of those who travel at night. The legend says that if the black dog is able to pass between the legs of the traveler, the curse which afflicts the black dog is passed on to the victim. So when someone becomes cursed by the lobison, they find a secluded spot, strip off all their clothes, and transform into a black dog just after midnight. Whoa. You know, I'm like all about the cuteness until you say the headless part. That's really scary. Yeah. Yeah, Like same with like excuse me the ghosts that are headless oh fuck that no uh no well i I was reading i was reading (laughs) some legends and they um they have they're headless but they can still devour people it's very strange (gasps) it's like some sort of like invisible invisible jaws or something teeth inside of their chest yeah just like disembodied like teeth and eyes like (laughs) like above this headless dog's body yeah fuck crazy so, um, nice. yeah, so, so when they turn into the black dog just after midnight, uh, they then follow the path of Mars. And when dawn approaches, they return to their discarded clothes and transform back into a human and act like nothing happened. Nothing. Oh, that's really nice that the curse forces them to have the consideration to take off their clothes and fold them neatly first. Yeah, like... You're a really messy person, but the curse like fucking breaks your hands to like fold your clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Controls you. (laughs) You like do your socks and everything too. Like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) What happens in Argentina stays in Argentina, you know? That's right. That's right. So uh, we also found another interesting variation in Argentina. It has the features that we've kind of discussed. Um, you know, it's sometimes headless and it carries a long, heavy chain. Um, but this one's cool because it, it stalks around industrial areas and factories. Like a lot lizard. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's said that the uh, factory owners and the devil have a pact. So it kind of makes the black dog like a, like a oh. familiar. Mm-hmm. So as a sacrifice to the devil for success of the factory or the business... The factory owner lets the black dog take the lives of some of the workers, devouring them. Damn. The author, uh, Burchell, he kind of entertains the idea that this may be a way to explain the high number of fatalities that occur in these often unregulated factories. Non-union people only. And it's also kind of like a way to demonize like foreign companies that operate at the expense of like the locals they employ. Oh, wow. And like these four, you know, these foreign industries are in fact in league with the devil and they sign their contracts in blood. You know, it, it's like that employing that the cruelty of of, in, of foreign companies and, and how they like ravage the landscape and, and exploit the people. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they must be in contract with the devil. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So it's also said <laughs> that it's also said that at the end of the owner's life, the dog devours them as well which is the final payment for the contract. Ooh. Can it just be one of my kids, though? Yeah. (laughs) So these familiars can also act as guards, protecting the entrances of factories and other industrial complexes. One story tells of a man who attempted to cross a bridge when his path was blocked by a large black dog. The man, sensing the otherworldliness of the dog, 
asked for permission to pass three times. The dog, sensing the man just wanted to pass and nothing more, retreated back to the factory. It was believed that the dog lived in the chimney of the factory. So some believe that the dogs also dwell in the dark cellars of these places. Oh, and buddies, was... you got to come home with me. Don't stay there. <laughs> yeah, there there was like one version where uh, the the it's almost like the factory owners have like a quota, like a yearly quota of people they have to feed to the black dog for the dog. Um... So like the lure, um, you know, like like Fred, you're doing a bang up job. He, we We got a little something for you. Come down to the cellar. Oh, thanks, fellas. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, the first few months were really hard, but I feel like I'm I'm really, you know, I'm really I'm finding perfect. my role in this thanks business, your... you know? <laughs> Aw. Psych slam. Thanks for your input. <laughs> 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 really wish I would have signed up for that workers' cop. <laughs> oh, my God. It's horrible. <laughs> This is actually just a sort of a random funny story I came across. And this is from a, it's, it was kind of written about in a newspaper. On March 1st, 2006, a Mexican local newspaper reported a frightening encounter during a period of paranoia about the activities of an unidentified sorcerer. A man and his wife were on his motorcycle returning home after visiting their parents. It was 8.30 in the evening and they were just coming up to a junction when the man noticed something beside the road, he shone the light of his motorbike on it to reveal a black dog hunched over at the side of the road and smoking a cigarette. Whoa, that's cool. <laughs> you know, you're not being a good boy, but you're being a cool boy. <laughs> Move over, Joe Camel. There's a new dog that's in right. town. Oh, exactly. yeah. <laughs> so it appeared to hurl itself at them, but then faded away giving them the fright of their lives. So this apparition was attributed to the activities of the uh, Hue Chivo, a shape-shifting Maya sorcerer. Um, and it can take the form of a he-goat and other animals. And it kind of like stands up. It's like a wolf or a goat. It like stands up on two legs, you know, like kind of upright. And it's just like smoking yeah. a cigarette. Yeah. Wow. Too cool. <laughs> Too cool for school. Too cool for school. Damn, puppy. So, as the man told the newspaper reporter, I didn't used to believe in the Hue Chivo, but now I believe. Now. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. Thought you'd seen everything. Yeah. He's just. It's like, you know, that is just the, the damnedest thing. That dog is smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Wearing whitey tidies for some reason. <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh, oh my God, is it? Is it Vince Neal? <laughs> Shout out to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> so these beliefs in sorcerers turning into an animal or the spirit of the dead taking an animal form can be traced back to ancient Mesoamerican peoples like the Aztecs, Mayans, Mixtecs, and the uh, Oaxaca. God, so... I feel like I'm doing okay. I feel like I'm gonna do okay. I, it's like any Spanish, okay. yeah, Spanish, yeah. Lis Spanish listeners, you have to let me know where I've where I fucked up. Yes. Yeah. So uh, they also share the belief that dogs act as the ferrymen to the other world. Um. So so you have like this really broad, 
almost kind of like multicultural belief in one thing, you know, because you, you have like the Aztecs and the Mayans and then, you, you know, so you have all these different, you know, kinds of people, but they all share these same beliefs, even though they, they do have cultural differences, which yeah. is kind of cool. So mm -hmm. uh, one yeah. archaeological find may lend some credence to the widespread shared belief among these groups. A number of mummified dogs were buried with offerings by the uh, Chiribaya people of Peru between 900 and 900 BC, or sorry, 900 and 1350 AD. So if that's true, then these legends go back to like pre-colonial times and, and may even go like way further back. And, you know, and this suggests that the people of Peru were trying, you know, with this mummification, they're trying to ensure their safe passage into the next life. Huh. Yeah, That's really interesting. Cool. interesting. Yeah. Puppers. Mummy buried with the dog. Mummy puppers. Mummy puppers. So I mean, um, so this is pretty much the end of my of the Latin America black dogs. Um, so you know. All okay. these stories kind of, they have like a healthy mixture of features that we find in Europe, but then the native populations kind of put their own twists on the black dog um, myth in, in Latin America. So the influence of their yeah. beliefs in witchcraft and shamanism gives way to not only the black dog, but other things like the chupacabra and with a with, with the werewolf thing smoking a cigarette, that reminded me of skinwalkers. That you find, you know, with, oh, with the yeah. native populations there and like the, you, you know, the you uh, went to basin because um, they they kind of had similar they had similar experiences that they talked about, like seeing a like a dog or like some sort of animal on the side of road upright, like smoking a cigarette. Like I think one description said they saw it outside of a gas station. <laughs> like it was just like chilling up. That's by the pretty gas station. awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, that reminds me it. of. um. <laughs> the reservation stories you showed me a while ago They're oh yeah. Just yeah kind of giving that folklore like a 20th century kind of twist to it 21st century That's yeah cool. yes yeah, jim baye's collection the of coyote stories. tales coyote tales excellent oh, anthology yeah, I everybody about that i absolutely recommend it all right well let's take this party to Coming the united to states America. hell yeah <laughs> There's a lot fewer tales of black dogs in the U.S. Like, really, only because like, everybody two or fucking three. loves dogs here. <laughs> They're not scary. But you know, it's not surprising, given the history of immigration in our country, that the legend of the black dog has made its way here, um, even if it is scarce. So I have found a few, but very interesting accounts of the black dog here in the old Ooh. U.S. of A. And I'm I'm going to talk about two of them. So the first one I'm going to talk about. I hope they're in my neighborhood. <laughs> this is the, the black dog of Hanging Hills. Mm. The Hanging Hills black dog is an interesting one. It can be both good and very, very bad. The saying goes, according to W.H.C. Pynchon, and if a man shall meet the black dog once, it shall be for joy. And if twice, it shall be for sorrow. And the third time, he shall die. Now, Pynchon writes in his 1898 story, The Black Dog, from the Connecticut Quarterly. There is one tale that is especially to be mentioned, the story of a black dog that is seen at times upon the peak. Many have seen him once, a few twice. None have ever told of the third meeting. It is a short-haired black dog of moderate size with nothing particularly noticeable in its actual appearance. 
yet there are two signs by which it is ever known. Men have seen it bark, but have heard no sound, and it leaves no footprint behind it on the dust of summer or the snow of winter. Yes, there is a third sign. It is told in different words by different people, but the meaning is always the same, and the words with which I have begun this narration are my own rendering of this common tradition. Now, Pynchon was a geologist hailing from Harvard. The story was supposedly an account from a man simply known as F.S. F.S. and Herbert Marshall from the U.S. Geological Survey were exploring the West Peak in Hanging Hills. Pynchon writes that the two men had talked during the nights that they were on their exploration, and Marshall had told F.S. the legend of the black dog. F.S. claimed to have seen it himself, and this prompted Marshall to tell F.S. that he too had seen it twice while exploring the region on previous excursions. Marshall was not a man of superstition, but as the two men pressed on in the harsh conditions of hanging hills, the account claims the following occurred. Marshall was in the lead, and I was following as best I could, when he suddenly stopped and without a word pointed to the top of the cliff. There, high on the rocks above us, stood a black dog like the one I had seen three years before, except that he looked jet black against the snow wreath above him. As we looked, he raised his head and we saw his breath rise, steaming from his jaws, but no sound came through the biting air. Once, and only once, he gazed down on us with gleaming eyes, and then he bounded back out of sight. I looked at Marshall. His face was white, and he steadied himself against a rock, but there was not a tremor in his voice as he said, I did not believe it before. I believe it now. And it is the third time. And then, even as he spoke, the fragment of rock on which he stood slipped. There was a cry, a rattle of other fragments falling, and I stood alone. And I did nothing to help him. Later, I cannot tell how much later, there is no measure of hours and minutes at such a time. Bruised, bleeding, almost frozen, I stood by all that was left of my friend. He was dead. His body was already stiff, and I knew that unless I would share this, his last sleep, I must hasten. So I bent over him in a hasty farewell, and then staggered on. What followed I cannot say. I only know that I came to a house and was taken in and cared for. Before long I was so far revived as to tell what had happened, and a party of men from the neighboring farm sought and brought back the body of poor Marshall. They found him where I left him and by the body watched a black dog, that as they approached fled swiftly back into the shadows, and of the lonely ravine where the brave life had ended. I was just thinking of the end of Austin Powers where Will Ferrell's character keeps trying to stand up <laughs> on the broken legs and keeps saying he's all right and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's all like, my, my legs are badly broken. I'll try to stand up on them now. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly oh, like that <laughs> for everybody that sucks well this story is just a story mm-hmm. in fact it was clearly labeled as fiction when it was published and it is really just another instance of a piece of fiction coming to life but could there be some truth here Because this fact does not explain the sightings of the Hanging Hills Black Dog that are still reported to this day. Some who have seen the apparition 
refused to go back to that area for fear of seeing the black dog again. Oh, thrice time. Um, where is Damn it, the, I left my car keys system? there. Ah. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Uh, I be- it's in Connecticut, Connecticut, I believe. Yep. The spookiest state of them all. Yeah, a lot of spooky stuff happens in Connecticut. Yeah, East Coast is scary. <laughs> East Coast is scary. Except for the lobster, <laughs> that's not scary. I will brave hordes of black dogs to get a fucking lobster roll. Oh, you, you, ugh. You know it, man. Lobster. <laughs> it was all fluff and then I had it. <laughs> so the second uh, instance I'm going to talk about in U- the United States is actually a fascinating twist on the lore of black dogs, and it comes from a really unexpected source: long haul truckers. Oh shit! Doo, doo. Big <laughs> trouble, in little China. Just watched it recently. Little that that whole trucker, trucker thing, <laughs> or in the '80s. Oh my god. Oh, it's like, yeah, this weird obsession with so, like, um, I don't know. It's like the Stephen King. Um, what was that fucking movie? Uh, uh, it's a really crappy when, one with like a truck. Maximum Overdrive? Yes. Maximum Overdrive. Maximum yeah, Overdrive. Yeah. So the legend goes that when a trucker has been pushing the envelope and driving for too long, they will eventually start to nod off at the wheel. So right as they're falling asleep, a large black dog runs toward the truck. In one version, this will cause the trucker to crash and cause an accident. In other versions, the sighting of this hallucination serves as a warning that the trucker needs to pull over and get their much-needed rest. Now, this could very likely be a tall tale, but it is just as plausible that a sleep-deprived mind could hallucinate such forms. This legend isn't just limited to truckers. Now, probably from the most credible source to date, Cora, I found an instance from a driver on a... You guys know Cora? Oh, I know Cora. Yeah, I get fucking. It's I just, si- I signed up like, for it once, and I just get emails, emails every day. What is it? It's like, it's like Yahoo Answers. Basically, it's, people ask it's, questions. It's great. You should and, surf like, it anybody sometime. Anybody can answer it. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, so okay. Funny. Yeah, I do kind of mm. know. Yeah, it's you should you should uh, browse it sometime. It's pretty good. Oh God, it's great. <laughs> So on Quora, I found an instance from a driver on a long trip who claimed they had experienced this phenomena, and I quote, In the early 1990s, I traveled the country buying and selling vintage guitars. One year, I drove my little station wagon 53,000 miles going from guitar show to guitar show. I was heading to a show in Kansas City in 1994, eating a strange combination of road food to stay awake. Sometime during the early hours of a Saturday morning, I was driving north of Springfield, Missouri. I hadn't slept for 24 hours, and I'd had like five or six jolt colas. I'm cruising down the highway at about 70 miles per hour when something catches my attention out of the corner of my eye. I look to my left, and a small dog, it looked like a Jack Russell, was running alongside my car. I looked at the speedometer, and it said 70, and I looked back at the dog. He didn't even seem to be running that hard. It did seem a bit odd that he was a glowing mix of white with red spots and that the spots were moving on around his body. Yeah, that is As I stared at him, he turned his head. (laughs) (laughs) This is very odd, all of it. (laughs) Hot dogs, I tell you. Bad corn dogs, man. They fuck with your brain. (laughs) And it did seem a bit odd. (laughs) It's like, Jesus. 
As I stared at him, he turned his head, looked at me, and winked. Ooh. He then, he then turned sharply to the left, ran across the field next to the highway, and jumped over a 50-foot fence. <laughs> it was at that point I realized I was hallucinating and pulled over and got a couple hours of sleep. After all these years, I can still see that dog like it was yesterday. That dog might not have been black, but it scared the hell out of me. Dang. Mm. Yeah, Heather, you sounded like Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China just then. <laughs> Signing off. I'll see you all, you kittens. You cast me. It's just like I realized at that point that I had drank way too many Jolt Colas. <laughs> And I had to pull over. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I loved it. I had to put it in there. It's oh so funny. God. After all, after all these years, I can still see that dog. <laughs> still see that dog. I can't even so look like at this a guy Joe said, Cola. the dog wasn't black. <laughs> but these specters can shape shift. So could this have been a decidedly cuter and less threatening version of I mean, the black he's dog? Cute in my head, but yeah. I mean, he gave a wink. That's no. less cute. <laughs> no. That's no, pretty cute. cute. I wish a dog would wink at me. <laughs> there's some good there's some good videos of, of winking dogs. I know, I watch dog videos all the time. Yeah. No. The one of the little dog where someone like goes like this and it puts its little hand and they put like fist pump. So I just kind of wanted to add in one more thing that wasn't, it it is adjacent to what we've been talking to, but it's a definitely a real thing. And it's called Black Dog Syndrome. So Black Dog Syndrome, or BDS, is a pet adoption phenomenon where black dogs are less likely to be adopted than lighter color dogs. The core reason for BDS is unclear, but there are a few theories concerning this. This one is absolutely awful. But one reason is thought that black or darker color coat dogs don't photograph as well. What the fuck? And this would affect potential adopters' decisions while browsing adoption websites. The black dogs don't show up quite as well as the lighter ones, causing them to be overlooked. Oh my god. People don't even think it's a little life. It's so sad. I think black dogs are striking. I I love to see an all-black dog. I know. They're they're pretty. It, the black dog doesn't, it clashes with my colossus. Oh. oh my God. I <laughs> love it. It's not going to insta well. Yeah, well <laughs> that would be rad because Defer would, you know, treat my clothes better. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we have like a white kitty kind of thing or a gray kitty and it's just everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, tell me about it. Yeah, I have an orange kitty. I, I feel your pain. <laughs> Rolling in fur. (laughs) So another theory is the stigma associated with black dogs from television and film. Large black dogs are often portrayed as aggressive and mean, and it is possible that these portrayals affect a potential adopter's subconscious. So the final theory has to do with the legends and folklore that linger in certain cultures, what we've been talking about. Again, the stigma remains and biases are informed by the connotations that black dogs are omens of misfortune, legions of Satan, and or harbingers of evil, all stemming from the legends we have just discussed. Yay. BDS is a direct parallel to black cat syndrome, which has an even more severe impact on adoption rates. 
Black cats have been long associated with witchcraft and century-old superstitions surrounding them, even to present-day culture. It is no wonder that BDS would absolutely have roots in superstition and conditioned regional biases. Mm-hmm. Now, the BDS phenomenon is a disputed one. Yeah, I was going to say, because I've heard that before, I've heard people be like, it's statistically, no, it's not that bad. I could, however, see it more for dogs and cats, because I think that the cats yeah. are more enduring. Black cats are more enduring and more interesting to people now. But yeah. I I think that I even heard in like Middle Eastern countries, like black dogs are really, really, really um, mistreated and discarded. Well, there's a yeah. There's it. Oh, uh, there's a story in um. I think it's a, it's it's in the Quran or it might be one of the hadiths, but um, it was that uh Muhammad. I, I don't remember the context. I, I wish I knew more about this, but uh, Muhammad like kind of had ordered that God said to kill all the dogs in the area. Um, but then he changed his mind because he's like, well, no, some dogs are useful. Some dogs are, you know, companions. So he limited it only to black dogs. And it was kind of like in the right. beginning where I said, because he said black dogs are the devil or they're the, or like they're demons, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's that's sort of like an old superstition kind of carrying over as well. Or, you know, okay. or an old belief. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, shelter workers insist that BDS is absolutely a real thing, and they claim that many large black-coated dogs remain at shelters oh. for much longer durations than their lighter-colored, smaller, smaller nah. dog counterparts. Oh. And they claim that as a result, these poor animals have to be euthanized. However, there have oh. been scientific studies done on this phenomenon, and they seemingly contradict each other. Now, whether this mm. topic has been adequately researched or not is also debatable. But whatever the case, it is a sad notion to believe that this could be a true syndrome for potential adopters. And I just want to go get a little buck puppy like right yeah. now. Oh, it's so sad. Dude, my, my, so boss, my boss just got a little old black dog, like a little schnauzer. Oh, he's just the oh. fucking cutest little thing. Like he's like kind I of like, kind of tentative, but he was oh like following gosh. me around today because like I gave him a couple pets, and then he's just oh like, my god. Oh, you're so nice. I like you. I love when oh. I love when they're still trying to walk and they're old and they're much slower, but they're still fucking cute. <laughs> oh. It does. It's it does this uh, kind of like laying down where it lays down, but its back legs are like spread eagle, just like yes, I love <laughs> super funny. Yes. <laughs> well, that's all okay. I got. Yeah. I'm so happy we talked about dogs for an hour and a half. Yeah, that was a that was cool, man. There's, well, that there's was a, a fun of, one. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stories about. Yeah, um, and like we said, there's so many out there. I mean, we didn't really even scratch the surface of of them. No, it, it's insane. Just in England yeah. alone. Yeah. So just, just please, in England. please go out and pet a dog. Adopt a dog. You know, but adopt a black. You've been dog. on the fence. Yeah. This is your sign. Go get a mm-hmm. dog. Go get a black dog. <laughs> it won't kill you. I love him forever. Doge. 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 Is that Vince Neil in a kennel? No. Oh my God, kill it. Shout out the devil.
Uh, yeah, man, it's um, <laughs> it's it, it, it's so funny because like, I didn't I didn't realize there was I knew there was with cats, but I didn't realize there was a fear of black dogs. I heard um, that. No, I I never knew that was yeah. a thing. Yeah, I didn't either until we started looking into it. I I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm pretty obsessed with dogs, and I know most dog breeds by looking at a dog. <laughs> I like don't like to toot my own gift. horn. I, I wish I remembered more useful skills, like you know, developing a budget for a monthly budget. But no, I remember you know <laughs> A through Z dog breeds. You know what? It's all right. We 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 all Whatever. have our own priorities. You know, can't yeah. help it. Yeah. You can't help what captures your imagination. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we should uh, do socials. So she's. You can find us on Facebook and <laughs> Under the Pendulum Podcast. <laughs> Instagram at Under Pendulum Podcast. <laughs> Twitter <laughs> Pendulum underscore pod. And you can find all of our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, or almost anywhere else you listen to your pods. Your paws. Your paws. Oh, you podcast. Oh, God. Podcast. You can find me, Heather, on Facebook at Heather Thomas, Instagram, h.n.thomas, Twitter at Heather W. Thomas, and you can hear my narrations on creepy tales to terrify, chilling tales for dark nights, and the Wicked Library. And you can find me uh, on Pet Finder. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram under Frothy Star Dog. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Instagram at Christopher Weber 13 V is in Victor and on Facebook by searching for Christopher Weber. <laughs> Very uh, nice. Yes. I I want to I want to make a a shirt now with like a little paw and it says mm-hmm. Paul Caster. Paul Caster. No. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Damn it, I want a dog. Okay. When when we get merch, we'll have to maybe I don't know, hat or shirt. Oh. Put one. Ask one of our friends with a really cute dog to pour the T-shirt. <laughs> I could get a kitty yes. version too. I'm they sorry. Oh yeah, you totally. Oh very my god, cute yeah. Too. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back with another episode. Um, and please like and subscribe wherever it's applicable. It helps us get noticed. Um, and you know, interact with us if you want. Tell me how bad my Spanish yeah. was. Um, we could talk about dogs. Exactly. <laughs> we could talk about people. dogs. It can Ooh. quiz quiz me. Quiz me, bitch. I know. Quiz <laughs> me, bitch. I know all about dogs. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Oh, oh so lovely, star baby. Oh, baby, no. <laughs> Bye.